Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. It was great speaking to students of Dr. Jim Kadlicek's Inside Sports Sales class at the University of Mount Union in Ohio yesterday. Great fun. Great questions. One of the best? What would you like to change the most about the sports business? Well, I'd like to see it more inclusive, more diverse, more accessible, and more affordable. But I'd like to continue to see it be a society leader and innovator. What would you like to change most about the sports business? Love to hear from you. Great questions, though, and a fun time with the students at the University of Mount Union. So this is your morning buzzcast for Friday, March 19th. I'm Abe Madcor. We made it to another Friday, and the NFL deals are done, and boy, were they massive. We've talked about how big these deals would be for months, even years, but when you see the numbers, they are eye-popping. I was communicating with league and network executives last night, and let's just say they were all extremely happy, relieved, but they all believe these deals are the best for both sides, for viewers, and are future-proof with flexibility. So let's go inside the deals. They're worth $10 billion a year or $110 billion over the course of the 11 years. That's according to our John Oran. It's a massive windfall. The league will go from taking in $6.5 billion a year in media revenue to $10 billion a year starting in 2023. Remember, that is part of national revenue shared among its 32 teams. That'll certainly help make up for the $4 billion revenue shortfall into the 2020 pandemic season. It'll help get the NFL back on track toward its goal of reaching $25 billion in total revenue by 2027. The deals will look largely like the last round, the big packages remaining unchanged for CBS, Fox, NBC, and ESPN. But here's what you need to know. First, the deals begin with the 2023 season and run through 2033. ESPN once again will pay the highest rights fee, coming in at an average of $2.7 billion a year but its 35% increase is far lower than the other media companies. Plus, ESPN gets a lot more in this deal. They get two Super Bowls for ABC, so ABC gets back in the Super Bowl rotation. Also, the deal allows the NFL to flex meaningful games late in the season onto Monday Night Football, which is what ESPN wanted. NBC will see its average annual payout nearly double to around $2 billion per year, for Sunday night football, CBS's rights fee will double to $2.1 billion per year for the Sunday afternoon AFC package. Fox will pay $2.25 billion a year for its Sunday afternoon NFC package. So, of course, the biggest change will come to Thursday night football, which will move exclusively to Amazon Prime starting in 2023, although there are reports it could start as early as 2022. 
Now, Amazon is committed to paying an average of more than a billion dollars per year for 15 exclusive Thursday night football games. And Amazon will start to produce its own broadcast. So that is new. And the NFL is excited about that, feels that Amazon's approach could help draw new viewers to the NFL. So how did the NFL get this huge increase? Well, as our John Oran noted in a special SBJ Unpacks last night, it shows the NFL's incredible appeal, how it can make or break a network, and none of the networks were ever willing to blanch at these high figures. It's the surefire way to draw viewers at a time when broadcast television needs viewers more than ever. Another takeaway, the deals are all about flexibility. Each network tied in its streaming service to their deals, so they will have the ability to broadcast games on these additional platforms. So NBC, Peacock, ESPN, ESPN+, CBS, Paramount+, Fox, Fox's Tubi service is involved. So a lot of flexibility on where to put the games. So what's next? Well, the NFL will now look to do a deal around its Sunday ticket package. Roger Goodell confirmed that the league will work with networks to incorporate legalized sports gambling into the TV deals. So that's a big deal. And then the owners will vote later this month to approve a 17-game regular season. So that will be another big move. So if you look at it, the NFL has 10 years of labor peace. They have 11 years of media deal security. And they did all this during a global pandemic. Not too bad. I will say the NFL is well-positioned for continued success. So let's move on to some other news today on the Morning Buzzcast. We have a full day and weekend of great games and March Madness coming up. I know we're all excited for that. But the NCAA already finds itself on the defensive today as it acknowledged the discrepancy in amenities between the men's tournament in Indianapolis and the women's tournament in San Antonio after images posted to social media drew very negative feedback. These images show the different size weight rooms and workout facilities in the Indianapolis bubble compared to the women's bubble in San Antonio. The NCAA's Lynn Holtzman, she took accountability for the issue. She cited limited space inside the controlled environment for the conditions, but she did say They were working hard to improve the situation in San Antonio. I'm sure they will. It's certainly not the narrative the NCAA wanted as the tournaments start. Let's shift to baseball because good news for New York baseball fans. The Yankees and the Mets will be allowed to start the season with a maximum 20% capacity at their ballparks. That's good news for the teams, good news for the fans, good news for the networks. The Yankees could have up to 11,000 fans for their April 1st home opener at Yankee Stadium. The Mets could have about 8,300 fans for their April 8th home opener at City Field. Attendees will have to provide proof that they've been vaccinated or a negative COVID-19 test to enter the facility. That requirement will be reevaluated in mid-May. We know that the Cleveland Indians are likely to change their name. We just don't know when. Indians owner Paul Dolan said that he should know by the middle of this summer if it's possible to change the team's name for the 2022 season. He said there was a possibility that it might not be changed until 2023. Remember, the team has been called the Indians since 1915. The team said in December they were going to change the name. Dolan also said they are searching to bring on a minority owner to replace John Sherman. Remember, John Sherman bought the Kansas City Royals in 2019. Sherman owns between 15 and 30 percent of the Indians, but Dolan said, 
They have talked to people about buying a bit more of the Indians from the Dolan family, but they are not in any hurry. That would be significant if a limited partner had that much stake in the Indians. So we're going to want to keep an eye on that story as it continues. So that is your morning buzzcast for Friday, March 19th, a very big historic I would say trend-setting day for the NFL. We're going to have more and more coverage on the NFL's massive media deals all day and through the weekend. I hope everybody has a great weekend. I'm Abe Madcore. Enjoy March Madness. Stay safe. Be good to each other. I'll talk to you on Monday. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.